And you're listening to A Little Too Quiet, the Ferndale Library podcast, brought to you by the friends of the Ferndale Library, and my name is Jeff Milo. Thanks for tuning in. We have a bittersweet podcast uh, today for you because one of our youth librarians is heading on her way to another library. She's got a new job across the other side of Michigan. Not really the other side of Michigan, but she's heading west toward Kalamazoo, toward uh, Van Buren working in the Van Buren District Library System now, continuing in youth librarianship. That's right. Youth librarian Elissa Zimmer is joining us for not a final time, but, you know, final time as a staff member here at Ferndale. So we're very happy to have her. Elissa has really illuminated so many important aspects of what comes with the role of being a youth librarian, particularly to me your host. And so if you have ever wondered about all of the unique aspects that go in to what a youth librarian does, we're going to be talking about that. And we're also going to be just generally reflecting on her time here over the last few years and some accomplishments and and what she's learned and the relationship she's been able to build with parents in this community. And and that's it. You know, we we knew she was going to be leaving soon. So we wanted to have her on the podcast one more time. But very soon, she's going to be serving as vice chair, organizing the Spring Institute for Youth Librarians in the state of Michigan. So we're going to be talking about the Spring Institute conference a little bit at the end. We'll also be talking about not just engaging with little children, younger children, but also middle grade children and some of the accomplishments she's been having there with really building out an audience for a middle grade book club with Ferndale Public Schools. So you're listening to a sort of farewell podcast with librarian Elissa Zimmer here on the Ferndale Library Podcast, A Little Too Quiet. Thanks for tuning in. Hello. 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 We're on microphones. This is a podcast. Serious business. How's it going? Uh... Be honest, it's an emotional time. I think the emotions are probably going to hit me after I'm not here. Mm-hmm. And right now I feel very caught up in moving mm-hmm. stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like distance will probably be helpful. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then I'll look back and I'll be like, oh, I miss everybody. However, you get to continue in the same vein. You're getting a new title, a new a new job, but it's still... It's still the youth librarian umbrella. Mm-hmm. I just made a hand gesture like a rainbow. No one can see. It's, it was beautiful. <laughs> so you're still staying in that. Well, since you're since you're leaving, you should just tell us your little story about how you wound up being a youth librarian. And what? Oh, I think we went over this in another podcast that I was in and how I didn't actually want to be a youth librarian. Oh, so... yeah. Now it's all coming back to me. Yeah. Now, since folks can go back and listen <laughs> to that podcast in our archives... You know, you've been here for three solid years, three and a half. Yeah, so can I give my little work trajectory? I would love your work trajectory. Okay, so, because I think it's it's cool and it kind of shows like all the growth that's happened in Ferndale and at the library in the last few years. So I was hired in in October of 2016 to be a brand new part-time youth librarian. And I believe that was a direct result from the millage being passed. So Yep. In Fern- August. Mm-hmm. So Ferndale was going to start being open on Fridays, or that was like a relatively new thing. You know, Sundays were in the works several years later. There's just a lot of new stuff happening. So I got hired in as the part-time youth librarian, 
and there were two full-time positions here. Mm-hmm. And then I worked here for the better part of a year, and then I got a full-time position elsewhere. But I loved Ferndale, and I knew that being open on Sundays, and especially on weekends, they were going to look for subs. So I stayed on as a sub and worked once or twice a month here, and then came back full-time in July of 2018. So I've been full-time here for about two and a half years, and I always say I've worked here, quote-unquote, in some capacity since 2016. (laughs) Yeah. Man, it seems like it's been longer I mean that in a good way. It has been so good to have you as a coworker, and you've done so much great things here that I can't believe it's been only three years to to an extent. I feel like you've been here forever. Yeah. One of the things that I love about looking back from where I am now, I want to talk a little bit about my first interview here. Uh-oh. So I was with Ashley, who was the head of youth services at that time, and Darlene Hellenberg, who was the interim director at that time, now assistant director here. And my experience of libraries before this, there weren't a lot of people kind of around my age, I guess. Right. Um, it wasn't. I know. I know this is not the case now, but it didn't feel like a youthful pro- profession. No, no. So I come into my interview, and it's Dar and Ashley, and it was just full of lots of like laughs and giggles. And I distinctly remember them giving me a board book and saying, okay, we want you to present this to us as if you're presenting it at story time and we'll give you like a minute. Like they said five minutes. It felt like two seconds for them to step out of the room while I prepared what I was going to do. So I came back and it was Deer Zoo. So it was lots of animals. And I was asking them, oh, well, what what sound does the lion make? And so we had lots of laughter. And it's just I love looking back on that and, you know, that being my first memory. This is probably a prevailing narrative is that we presume that librarians are older, you know, Mm -hmm. and that might have been something that's lingering through the 90s. But that's something you have to work against. And I know that when I was coming to the library in the 90s, my youth librarian was just stating facts in her 50s at that point, you know, so. But you're talking about building these bonds with librarians. I mean, you know, the millennials are in control now, aren't they? Yeah. And I think Vernil on the whole is a younger city. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, it's also been really interesting to see the like sociodemographics change even since 2016. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are having families now in Ferndale. And so I have seen our programs grow. And then Jordan, who is now the head of youth services, has commented because he's been here for seven years, I think. You know, he's seen everything grow from absolutely nothing to, you know, us having to offer Uprooted um, twice a week because there were just too many little bodies in the room. Right. That's so encouraging to see. Yeah. And... That's something that I particularly, I'm not going to say I, I learned it from you, but you really drove it home for me that a youth librarian, part and parcel of the, the role in the job is building relationships with parents and families. Uh, that didn't seem like that was the, the MO of, and I'll keep going back to that, mm-hmm. of the youth librarian in the 90s that I went to see with. It was story time or I'll show you a, <laughs> they would sit us down. It was almost like an after school program and show us like science documentaries, which are you, know, you serious? Yeah, we wow. would just all sprawl out and all fall asleep to science documentaries. Or we'd get a magic show if we were real lucky. But there wasn't like, I don't feel like my youth librarian was interacting with my parents. You know, could you talk about how important that is and how fulfilling that has been? I'd be so curious to see how other youth librarians approach this, but. I think this is the beauty for me of having only really worked in smaller libraries 
where that happens almost organically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying never, but I feel somewhat intimidated to think about working in a bigger library where mm-hmm. they're churning out story time after story time and they're chock full of people. So I really find that personally, I connect better on a smaller scale with people. It's easier to have like those one-off, con- not one-off, but one-on-one conversations mm-hmm. and to really like get to know people. And I feel like that has made it so that patrons trust us even more. Like trust is already implicit in this job, but I think trust in knowing that I know like what like their five-year-old is like going through like the current fad and stuff like that. And so like, okay, like I know that you've read these like five dinosaur books, like let's find new stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that the relationships for me Plus my crazy reading goals. See another podcast. <laughs> See another podcast in our archives. Um, those really make me good at readers' advisory, yeah. and that's been so nice to hear from several families, especially as we've been close to the public. Mm-hmm. That those who call in really feel like I have a sense of what they're looking for, and also making good like little stretch recommendations for their families like books to grow into or a genre that's like kitty corner Mm -hmm. to what they're what they've been hooked on for a while so I I love that yeah so I don't know like I just I just feel like it's very personal it is and that's what keeps people coming back you know that's what makes repeat customers because at the end of the day it is a customer service job and if you're mean or you don't feel seen, why Why would you come back? Isn't it also, you know, what if, because there's a level of youth librarianship that feels like it requires you to be an extrovert? You can't exactly be <laughs> shy, right? You cannot exactly be shy. Okay, so it's funny that you bring up extroversion. Yeah. Because in the last few years of my life, I feel as though I've classified myself as an extroverted introvert mm-hmm. where, yeah, I definitely need that recharge time yeah, and things like that. But I do also thrive off of making connections. Yeah, sure. But you have to, if you are, you're on the desk, even you have to meet a child who's coming to your desk at their energy level, whether or not, whether or not you've had enough coffee or not, you know, that's a whole other thing. So you have to have energy. You have to be extroverted. Yeah, I think that's, you brought up Jordan, the head of youth services. He could potentially be a soft-spoken guy, but when he has to do story times, he has to perform and use silly voices. It's all, it's theater too, right? It's Mm -hmm. just. But I will say there is a blessing of having desk time and then having an office that's that's separated by a door. Sure, sure. So you can go shut the door. Oh, sure. It's your backstage area. It is, but I think one of the improvements that has been made also in the last few years is that our door used to have it used to be a solid wood door right. and they added a little window right. which i think is really nice because then you still feel you know some level of visual connection with the families who are there and they can wave at mm-hmm. you but also you know there is that barrier in place which sure. is nice so sure. yeah but you got to be extroverted you have to be extroverted in little spurts little spurts it's not a marathon yeah. it's a sprint there's all these other things that we have another librarian here. Andrea often talks about you. There's a level of social work going on when you're a librarian. There's also a level of, you know, you were kind of 
hinting at the notion that you would have to stay up on, you know, aspects of almost child psychology, too. There's Mm -hmm. so much going on. You're not just doing story time. I'm just saying. No question there. No, I love that. So I got some feedback in my very last quarantine corner where I had a brand new parent saying or asking me, how do you know all this stuff? Because I was talking about childhood, just, you know, basic um, physical and neural development. And so they were like, how do you know all this stuff? And I was like, well, I've been a librarian for like six or seven years at this point. And she was like, no, no, but like, you know, all this stuff about neural pathways. And I was like, well, we did a presentation about it two years ago. And also it justifies why we do certain things. So again, our music and movement program, like why does that exist in a library? But all of that physical movement, crossing the body, all of that sort of stuff, like all feeds into early literacy, Mm -hmm. which is cool. And I love learning. So obviously this is a great fit for me as well. Um, And we had someone from Oakland Family Services on um, Quarantine Corner, and she was talking about social, emotional um, learning and development in just infants. Mm -hmm. And so I learned some stuff from her about how social, emotional isn't there, then the academic skills aren't going to come. And so I was like, whoa, mind blown, because we're so focused on early literacy, but we also need to incorporate that other element. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. That's so. I was talking earlier. You have to be as extroverted as a theater performer, and then you also have to know about neural pathways. So you got a lot of pots on your stove here. <laughs> and then, then there's go ahead. Another thing that I want to add too is like it's a balancing act, and this is something that I'm still trying to navigate and figure out. But mm-hmm. the really cool thing about this job, while it is customer service, you get to show so much more of your personality than you might in a store. And I really value that. And so I think that also helps get to know people because yeah. they're also acknowledging that you're a human in the world, which oh, yeah. is great. Well, I love that you put it that way, because if you were working for a big corporate store, your behavior reflects on the brand of the store. Mm-hmm. If you're a youth librarian and the parents are coming to you with that with that trust and also that relationship that we talk about, your brand is your personality. Your, you know, that's part of your charm to the parent and the child. You have to be yourself. Mm-hmm. Not the the library might have a mission, but mm-hmm. it doesn't have a brand. You're your own brand. Mm-hmm. You know, and you don't want to be stuck being like, oh, like you were crabby to someone one time, and they're like, oh, we don't want to ask and that librarian. That's your brand forever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that trust thing is is also been something that is huge for me to consider. When I think about everything that you guys do, almost not to the fullest extent that a teacher would when the child comes for an entire day of being in a class with that adult, but the child is with you as an adult and there's that, the parent is giving you that trust. I think that's heavy, but cool. Yeah. And I, I did jot down notes for this. So I'm also looking at my notes and thinking about how this goes for older kids as well. So One of the things that I've done is really grow middle school book club from nothing to regularly attended and in partnership with um, Mr. Blatt, see previous podcast. Again in the archives. And doing this like in the school context. And I think that, oh gosh, I love working with middle schoolers because it's so fun. Mm -hmm. You get to, I think you truly get to be even more goofy because when you're working with little kids, it's a little bit more of a put on goofiness because, you know, adults just don't naturally gravitate towards that most of the time. Right. right. But middle schoolers are kind of starting to become, you know, the adults that they're going to be like sarcasm is happening, like all that sort of stuff. So it's really fun to be 
a little bit more real with them, I guess. Right. It's like after third grade into fourth grade, it's not, they're at that point where they're beyond learning to read, they're reading to learn and they're. Oh, I love that. You know? Yeah. They're connecting with the world. They're, they're becoming, this is such a cliche term, little adults, but they're very much little adults at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you. Getting into super meaty topics too. Yeah. Like we've talked a lot about like gender and sexuality because of um, a book that we read and the book that we're going to be reading for my very last middle school book club is all about girls getting dress coded too much at school. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited because I'm going to pull back um, from the other book that we read. So Rick by Alex Gino, because mm -hmm. um, this dress coding very much goes along the I'm going off on so many tangents, Jeff. The dress what coding podcasts are for <laughs> the dress coding is very much along the gender binary. So I'm going to point that out. Yeah. And it's really cool to make those connections because, you know, it's not it's also not super fun if you're reading these books as like, OK, we read that book that month. We're never revisiting it again. But mm -hmm. like you said, reading to learn. So finding um, patterns in what you read, finding similarities and differences, and then applying that to the real world. Yeah. Well, you'd mentioned it was about dress coding. What was the book? It's called um, Dress Coded, and it's okay. by Carrie Firestone. Excellent. And another like little blue ribbon we have to give you before you leave is that you did build out that middle school book club mm -hmm. and engage that audience, which hadn't been happening around here, but is important. And I will say, too, that that's really thrived also in the age of um, school online, which I'm so grateful for. So Mr. Blatt has taken on a lot of the heavy lifting and getting his students there. Yeah. But the fact that they keep coming back, I think, speaks volumes to both, um, you know, his teaching and also my, like, enthusiasm and leading book club and trying to engage all the kids. Right. Whether they come off mute or not. So it's like chat. It's coming off mute. It's... Sometimes it's literally just the visual at the end of book club. I always have people do a rating of thumbs up, thumbs in the middle or thumbs down. So <laughs> um. that is another important note is that my regard for youth librarians, I always just even mentioning the job title, I imagine you at a desk or you at a story time. And I imagine you within rather close proximity of other human children which hasn't happened for, at this point, basically a calendar year. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, you know, we all went through our summer of 2020 saying, I'm sure this will be over sometime. You know, I'm sure we'll be back to normal by fall of 2020. But now that it has lasted a year, I'm starting to wonder what impact it's going to have, how it is going to change all, all aspects of every job under the library roof, any library, not even this library. I bet you're seeing this um, because you work on adult programs, mm -hmm. and I I don't know that it's that much different for kids, but I feel like there might be more of a demand for recorded mm -hmm. programs mm -hmm. if people can't come in person or in real time. Yeah. I'm seeing that on a lot of Facebook groups where there's a lot of interest, but then people don't come to the actual live of, live Zoom event or mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. Um I am hopeful that while that might still be an option mm -hmm. to get some, whether it is a recording or the activity kit or, you know, some semblance of the program afterwards, I'm hopeful for, you know, people under 18 that we do go back in person. Yeah. Um, 
because I think a huge thing of what kids are missing is that social factor. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of what we've talked about in Quarantine Corner, where they have babies that are under a year old. Right. There's only so much we can do by doing mirror time or showing them videos or pictures of other babies. It, it doesn't make up for, you know, like touching another baby and seeing them in person. Right. And I think that goes for school age kids as well. So, you know, again, I'm hopeful that we can find some ways of reaching people who might not be able to access the library physically on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's like one program every one, two, three months that we do mm -hmm. from the comfort of your home. Yeah. Oh, I feel like there's going to be a cute program idea in there somewhere. I think so. Um, that's a good point though. But, you know, with adults there is sort of a satisfaction of having a certain program and being live for the virtual aspect of it so that you can actually, as an attendee, maybe interact with the presenter, interact with the lecturer and give them live questions, which you wouldn't be able to do if it was recorded. That being said, only maybe 20 or 30% of the adults in attendance are actually going to speak up and most will just be, you know, kind of shy and just check in and watch. Mm -hmm. So I think that it does become more appealing for the adults to watch something recorded. But with a child, it, it comes back to like, they want to say something to Missy Lisa. Missy Lisa wants to say something back, you know? Mm -hmm. I want to back up just a tiny bit because when you were like turning to library trends, I thought you were going to say something about us existing outside of the building. Hey, actually, um, I thought about that. Yeah. So this is going to kind of hit two birds with one stone. Mm -hmm with a good memory and something that I'm hopeful that we can bring back. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I really enjoyed, and this was um, fall 2019 to basically until the pandemic hit, I was doing this program here in Ferndale called Storytime Stopover. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was so much fun because I think a lot of times people of all ages don't realize what the library can bring outside of these doors. Mm -hmm. And kids especially, it's the best reaction when you see, when they see you outside of the library because they're just like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, mm -hmm. like I'm so used to seeing this person in this context. Yeah. So doing Storytime Stopover was a lot of fun because it got me out of the building once a month doing a, a story time at various Ferndale businesses or services. And some of my favorite ones were um, the fire station for sure. Uh, the kids totally dug it seeing you know all of the equipment that goes into it and climbing on a the fire truck a real life fire truck yeah. yeah and then being able to support local businesses so yeah. like we went to drifter coffee which was super fun and mm -hmm. we were outside in the beautiful sun and we made coffee watercolors and mm -hmm. it was real windy but you know that was so cool that we were able to support this like um local neighborhood coffee shop and i tried with that program especially to hit um, kind of all four quadrants of Ferndale and not just keep it to like the Nine and Woodward cross section. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really hopeful that stuff like that, I think people are going to be super clamoring for that once oh, yeah. it's safe to go out. And that would be such a great way of, you know, supporting local businesses. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We went to Ansel Yoga too, which was super fun. Yeah. And a yoga studio. Yeah. I've been thinking about that. Um to the top of my head, it wouldn't be as, as adventurous as that, but since we do have a giant courtyard on the south side of this building, um, I was thinking about trying to host an art exhibition and just get some easels out there and just have some art. In that the grass. would be really cool. You know, so we can do stuff like that. That's exciting. So um, before I did let you go, I wanted to just hear about Spring Institute, which might happen 
after this or before this is already airing, but what is Spring Institute? This is like a thing in Michigan for youth librarians, right? Yeah. So it's through the Michigan Library Association. Mm -hmm. And so Spring Institute takes place usually every March. And it is the annual conference for youth librarians in, in the state of Michigan. And so I have been on the volunteer work group to plan it um, since last year. And last year was my first year. We were all gung-ho to plan it in person. And then literally a week or two before it, we had to cancel it and then pivot really quickly to making it a fall institute online um, just before the annual all library um, conference. And so this is my second year. I'm vice chair and I'll be chair next year. Um, you know, we have a little bit more experience under our belt in terms of the platform that we're using and, and stuff like that. But, you know, I think my volunteering with this committee really speaks to what I like about youth librarianship because it's making connections and chatting with other librarians all over the state. And so coming up with ideas with them um, to really make this a well-rounded conference. And so people come from, you know, big library systems, smaller library systems. And I think it's getting more inclusive with job titles that people hold. So it's not just librarians, like they're starting to be more paraprofessionals who volunteer with it too. So um, it's so much fun. I really value it. Um, I've been attending Spring Institute since like 2014. So Mm -hmm. I dig it. That's so great. That they're talking about all kinds of stuff that we already covered on this podcast today. Neural pathways, performing, energy, extroversion. Yeah, and just speaking of energy, I I get so many good ideas from talking to other people. And I really, I didn't want to leave this podcast without, you know, really talking about what I valued and what I've learned during my time here at Ferndale. And so to Jordan and Jasmine, I just wanted to say thank you so much for like learning with me and growing with me and it's been now I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> oh no, she's going to cry on the podcast. Um it's just been so great to really work together and I know that we've had growing pains and like encountered new situations together and stuff like that, but I'm so grateful that there's a level of accountability with each other and I just again want to say thank you for you know, being on this team with me. And I also just wanted to say that I've learned so much from everyone here. Like, I feel like there's this idea that you might learn only from people who are like managers or who have been working in the business. Or who are fellow youth librarians, Right, for a long time. Right. But I, so regardless of like job title or whatever, I feel like I've learned so much from other people so like cheryl who i just want to give a shout out because she's been promoted to circulation um which is so exciting um i've learned so much from her and she worked for detroit public library for many many years in many different capacities and she taught me so much about how to be a good coworker mm-hmm. and how to you know truly treat people with respect and how to carry myself well and I just want to say thank you for that. I think that's Um, important. I think morale, especially in a library setting, is so important. And folks like Cheryl keep that morale up. And wherever you are in a library, I think morale is important, you know, when you're with your coworkers. Yeah. Yeah. 
I've loved being able to contribute to that. I've loved laughing with people mm -hmm. here, and I feel like there's been so much goofiness, and there have been... There has to be. Yeah, there's <laughs> so many times where Jordan would have to shut the door to the youth office because Jasmine and I were laughing so loud. <laughs> um, so thank you to everybody for laughing with me, for holding me accountable, for helping me learn. Um, I'm going to miss everyone a lot. I'm going to miss riffing with people and being creative. Well, we're going to have you back on the podcast, so there's okay. that. I'll be here. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, best of luck in the future to, uh, what's the official um, location, Van Buren Township? It's um, Van Buren District Library, and so it's... Why do I keep saying township? Because there is a township, Okay. Jeff. That's okay. It's near Belleville. Okay. Um, so it's Van Buren District Library. It is countywide in Van Buren County, so just west of Kalamazoo. All right. Go yeah. back near your hometown. Yeah. Going back home. You'll always have a home here in Ferndale. Mm-hmm. Hallmark ending. Oh, my gosh. And that was our chat with Elissa Zimmer, youth librarian, heading on her way to a new job. So she'll be wrapping up her time here at Ferndale. We have loved having her here. It's been a pleasure to work with her. And she mentioned a lot of previous episodes that you can find in the archives of this podcast. So if you just want to cycle back and find all of the episodes, I think it's been several at this point. I've always loved having Elissa on this podcast. It's always been a great conversation and I look forward to having more in the future because we can always reconnect and continue having conversations about youth librarianship, but maybe just about books because Elissa loves to read. As is proven in a previous episode where she talked about reading 150 books in one calendar year. Anyway, we thank you for listening. This is the Ferndale Library Podcast. Brought to you by the friends of the Ferndale Library. It's called A Little Too Quiet, and my name is Jeff Milo. The music that brings us in and out of this podcast is by local musician Chad Stocker. Rate, review, subscribe, or tell a friend if you enjoyed this podcast and you know a youth librarian, maybe share it with them. We appreciate you listening as always. Mm -hmm.